everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to another week of Bulletproof Hygiene. I am so, so excited for you listeners today because the title of today's podcast is The Passionate Hygienist with Jamie Griggs. And I am so excited to introduce you to Jamie. She is a fellow hygienist, and we met uh, about five years ago at a Perio Protect conference. And she's just one of those people, like when I first met her, she just kind of gives out this very positive vibe, just without even like, she just has this big smile and has this presence about her. You can tell that she really, really loves what she does. And we've kind of interacted just, you know, kind of through social media over the years. And I just, she has a really unique story that I wanted to share. I'll kind of dig into why I wanted to do that, but I want to give a little brief introduction. So Jamie has been in the dental world for about 14, 15 years now. So she started out as an ortho assistant and then transitioned into being a treatment coordinator and then decided to go for her real calling and passion of being a hygienist. And I just think that part of the story is cool and unique because I think there's so much value to understanding all the different positions. Um, I think it makes us a little more well-rounded. It helps us be a better team player when we understand kind of where other people are coming from. So I think that's just a really cool aspect of her story. Um, But she attended Colorado, Colorado Northwestern Community College and graduated in 2015. And I'm going to let her talk a little bit about her dream job because I know she kind of struck gold right out of school. What's really cool, and Jamie, I know you've probably heard me talk about this, but I'm super jealous that you get to use a laser and she is later laser certified in Georgia. We're still behind the times on that front. She's been certified through the World Clinical Laser Institute. And then she also shares a passion with me about PerioProtect and all things PerioProtect. So And then just true to who she is, she is very growth-minded, and she sought growth and completed her bachelor's degree in dental hygiene through Weber State University in the winter of 2019. Then she took a turn, and honestly, I think this is so cool. This is one of the unique part of her stories that I love. She is so passionate about what she does, not just for her patients and the practices that she's been through but also for fellow hygienists. So she is now a full-time instructor at, oh, where you went to school, right, Jamie? Yep, actually, yep. Nice, (laughs) Colorado Northwestern. Okay, very cool. Well, hi and welcome. We are so, so glad to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. And that was so sweet, your introduction. I always a little bit humbling to hear that out loud and humbling to hear what others think of you. And I'm so grateful that, how I strive to be in life comes off as truly who I am. So thank you. And I'm just really excited to be here today. Absolutely. So I really wanted to share your unique hygiene story with our audience, because I know how easy it is to get burned out in our profession. 
and become sadly complacent and in some cases even cynical or resentful of the processes and roadblocks of our profession. And I feel like you're so inspirational to me because of your all out passion for what you do. And I feel like a lot of hygienists get stuck in their careers and they lack that fulfillment and they start looking around for like, what's next? Like this just isn't doing it. And, and in some cases, I feel like they even obviously abandoned dentistry altogether. And what I love about your story is you just have had such a unique role in dentistry and in hygiene that I think will be encouraging and thought-provoking for our listeners that might be considering a next step or honestly just need a different perspective. And what is most apparent to me and honestly so attractive to me about you is your all-out passion for hygiene and for spreading it to others. And, you know, I feel that way too, being bulletproof hygiene. So will you share with our listeners a little about where your journey started? Like what made you choose hygiene when you were coming from assisting into treatment coordinating? Yeah. So I would love to. So funny story when I was in high school and we're going to go way back now, but when I was in high school, I knew that I had a passion for doing something or anything great. And I know that that sounds kind of like, okay, well, anybody can have a passion for doing anything great, but I knew that I was destined to do something big. And so I've always been a huge goal oriented and goal mindset type of person. My other passions in life include horses. And so when I was trying to decide what I was going to do, it was either equine dentistry or human dentistry. And I actually just kind of rolled the dice one day and said, okay, human dentistry it is. And I went to assisting school. And so I love teeth and I love helping people. And I love being able to be that person. Really people can rely on and really can even just let all of their stuff out for the day onto. And so going backwards again, when I chose human teeth, I just kind of landed into this great assisting program, landed into, knew that I wanted to work for the best as an assistant went and sought out the best orthodontist in my area and worked for him for a long time. Like you mentioned his treatment coordinator also for a long time and just decided at that point, I wasn't feeling fulfilled. I needed to do the next step. I wanted to be something better. It was kind of ego driven, knew that I wanted to graduate college said, okay, I'm going to hygiene school. When that happened, I just threw myself into it and knew that at that point I needed to be 100% in and do the best that I possibly could, especially being a non-traditional student. At that point, I was 23 or 24 when I started hygiene school, started the prereqs for hygiene school. And so I just threw myself in it 100%. And here we are much along those same lines. When I graduated, I knew I wanted to work for the best and sought out McCrite Progressive Dentistry, which happened to be three hours away from where my hometown is. A little bit about Rangeley is we're in the middle of nowhere. And so you're traveling no matter what, but again, just knowing that I wanted to be, I just always wanted to be and work for the best and know that for myself to be happy, I have to push myself and have to be driven and have to make sure that I have those goals. And the McCrites just fulfilled that for me. And so the three hour commute really wasn't a big deal for me. It just was something that I knew like, okay, in order to be who I want to be and be where I want to be in this profession, I know that that is the sacrifice that I have to make. So it just, I don't know. It's just been one of those things that it's just always been a part of me in order to be happy. I have to make sure that I am, I'm pushing myself to be in the best position that I can be. 
by doing that, sometimes you have to make sacrifices. Right. Yeah. That's really interesting. So that was your first practice out of hygiene school, correct? Correct. And for those of you who don't know who McCrite Progressive Dentistry is or Jim and Wendy McCrite, I really strongly suggest you look them up on social media, both Facebook and Instagram. And truly their team culture is unmatched. It is the best thing that could have happened to me as an early or mid twenties. I'm not going to call myself a single mom because my husband and I were together, but he's works on his ranch and we just have a very different dynamic. And so as a young mother, I should say, gosh, it drove me to be truly who I am today. And I have, I could never thank them enough for what they provided for me as far as my mindset and as far as the push for me to get better, as far as the growth that I made in the first few years of being a new hygienist, it was really scary. Let me tell you, like coming out of school and knowing the amount that you know, when you graduate to then all of a sudden lecturing in Canada a year and a half later and being laser certified and being paraprotect certified and learning about all these products that you have no clue that they even exist. It was a lot, but it was in the best way possible. Yeah, for sure. What would you say, what's been the best part of your career? And then on the, uh, on the flip side, what's been the hardest to overcome for you? Okay. So I'm going to say that like, gosh, the best and the hardest have are kind of one in the same in the sense that the best possible thing is that I am who I am as far as like being growth oriented and being able to be immersed into everything that I was immersed into really early on in my career, things like PerioProtect, Laser, AuraCare, Closis, things that are not your typical hygiene modalities or not typical as far as like I was in school anyways. And then that's also been the hardest to overcome too, because when much is given, much is expected. And so knowing a lot and being a total body health and wellness hygienist or a more than just a hygienist, a, you know, a oral systemic specialist, it truly is really a lot of pressure, especially right out of school. And that could lead to a little bit of burnout as well. And so that really has been, that was hard for me to overcome. And really my own mind is hard for me to overcome because I always want more out of myself too. And so it's hard at, at certain points to not expect more or not want more from where you're at. It's been challenging in both both aspects of my career, as far as like hygiene and being at the school, it's hard to be settled, I guess I should say. Yeah. Talk to me about, because, you know, coming straight out of school, like you said, you walked into a practice that had a lot more to offer than you were even aware of. And I encounter a lot of hygienists that when we talk about some of these new ideas, you know, things like perioprotect or salivary testing or different products and, you know, modalities, it can be so overwhelming that you almost get paralyzed and do nothing. So talk to me about what that was like when you came in and there was almost this like mountain of new things. How did you approach that? Was that something that you took it all in at once or did you go piece by piece? Like what did, what did it take for you to get comfortable with all of the new? So here's the thing. When Dr. Jim first approached me and said, okay, (laughs) we do paraprotect, we do oral DNA, we do closes, we do laser. I need you to learn them all. I sat and said, okay, (sighs) like deep breath. I can do this. It's going to be okay. 
And it was either at that point, it was either sink or swim. And you either, I either learned it and excelled, or it was at that point where it was like, gosh, I've really got to show them and impress them and show them who I can be. And I know that I can do this. I do remember like Perio Protect was hard for me to introduce to my patients at first, just because I didn't buy into it at first Mm -hmm. until I started using it on myself. And I actually, I think that that meeting that I met you at, Sharisa, that's when I was like, okay, I can do this. I think I presented it like you had told us to present it. And then I started having patients seeing results with it. And I haven't looked back since. So, and then as far as oral DNA, honestly, (laughs) I love oral DNA so much. It is one of my huge, huge passions in my field. So much so that we have it now at the school for all of our students to do. Um, Because I honestly, I had no idea what I didn't know about periodontal pathogens until I started using oral DNA. And it just made it so much easier for me to explain to my patients. It made it so much easier for my patients to understand why they needed periodontal therapy, why we needed to take that next step, what was going on with them that might not be even showing up in their mouth as far as oral systemics go. It just changed who I was as a clinician. And I'm so, so grateful for those early years in my practice because without it, Maybe I would have eventually came across all of this stuff, but gosh, I just, I'm so grateful for being shaped the way that I was. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a gift. So tell me, I mean, cause obviously you were feeling very fulfilled in your, you know, profession as a hygienist and getting to use all the tools and having such really great support. What made you decide to go into teaching? And let me clarify, you still do some patient care where I you do. can, right? Yep, I do. I take my breaks that I have from teaching and I practice as much clinically as I possibly can, because I truly, I'm so, so passionate about being able to have conversations with my patients and ha- make those connections with people and gosh, just see, I guess, kind of nerd out on hygiene porn. I'm going to call it, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, of just like seeing those before and afters, I would be gloves deep in blood and calculus and all of the nasty stuff all day, every day, if I could. But as far as your question, as far as like what led me to teaching, gosh, I'm going to say about five years into my career, I started really feeling like we, I kind of mentioned earlier, burnt out, even though I was in a practice that pushed me to be the best that I could be and pushed me to continue on learning. And we were constantly adding new things. We talked about, we evaluated airways every day. We looked at CBCTs. We did the newest and best of everything. That is that practice is that's basically what defines them. It just didn't feel like I was fulfilling my potential. And not only that, I was driving three hours, one way to get to work. And I have a young daughter who at the time was, let's see, that was three years ago. So she was eight years old. And those of us with kids really understand that as kids get bigger, they just get busier. And it just was getting to the point where, again, my husband is at the time was full-time ranching and he wasn't home enough to take her to school on time. And I was having to have parents come from out of town to come and take care of her. And it just at that time opened up a spot opened up at the school and I just had to jump on it in order to 
move forward, I guess, with my career and be able to be the best mom that I could be, which I'm going to tell you was the hardest decision that I have probably made to date in my life. Yeah. I remember like crying on my three hour commute home because I just didn't want to leave my work family and didn't want to leave the clinical aspect because it's, it is truly something I'm so, so passionate about. I know that that's the name of this podcast, but gosh, it's so hard to leave something that you truly love for no other reason than you just have to make sacrifices sometimes in life. Yeah, for sure. So I just want to clarify because I don't know that I've realized that like it's a three hour commute one way. So it's a six hour commute in a day. Correct. Yeah. That is serious, serious dedication. And (laughs) I I did it. So I did it, um, back and forth both ways for the first three years. And then the last two years, um, Jim and Wendy, Dr. Jim and Wendy graciously provided me with a hotel room overnight. So I would work Monday, stay the night and then come home Tuesday evening. Yeah. But at that point, when you're leaving your house at four 30 in the morning to even get to work by seven 30, you're basically missing. I basically was putting my daughter to bed at the evening on Sunday and then not getting home and seeing her until Wednesday morning. And so it's just a big chunk of her life. I was missing. Yeah. yeah. And you can't get time back. So it was, yes, lots of dedication. Yes. Um, But, but this is what I feel like about life, mm -hmm. especially when you are someone who is growth minded and who's putting such positive energy out and who's really sharing light with others is no matter where you go, you're going to shine. So you made that transition and, you know, I'm a mother myself and I think that should always be number one. So I applaud you for that. And I know that was hard. I think the gift is that you still get to see them and fill in, like you said, when you've got some breaks and some time off. So that's super cool that there's still that opportunity there. But that being said, when you went into teaching, tell me a little bit about what that looked like. Were there challenges on that front? Oh my gosh. So, so many challenges. First and foremost, the biggest challenge was my own mental block of being so new out of school. And I know that we, like I say this to my students all the time, experience really doesn't equal passion. Um, You could be a hygienist for 25 years and not be as passionate as someone who's been out for two years and maybe not even know as much of the current technology as somebody who's been out for two years, just because you've been doing it for longer. doesn't mean that you're a better clinician. 100%. Um, And it took me honestly up until about last year to realize that and not feel inadequate because of course I work with wonderful faculty members who have been practicing for 20 years or 25 years or 15 years. And just those inadequacies were really hard. The other thing that was really hard was (laughs) teaching dental anatomy was very hard and having to actually remember all of that stuff. And then also just dealing with, how do I say this rough personalities that didn't respect who I was again, just because of my lack of, I'm going to say lack of experience, but at that point, you know, five years out, it's, it's still a lack of experience when you look at everybody else who was in the, who is in the same position or in a similar position. But the great things about teaching is I get to influence not only one patient per hour, but it is 25 students per year into just having a true love for what we do. And I just, 
that is such a gift and such a great, gosh, such a great thing to be able to offer people and to be able to say, I am touching 25 different or 24 different students every single year in the sense of like, let me share my passion with you. Yes. And so you think about the, the compounding, you know, return on investment for that, for all of the patients that they're going to touch through their careers. Yeah. That's a huge gift. Yes. Yeah, so I, it's really, it's really been great. Um, when I chose to leave McCrites, it was actually right before COVID happened. So that was another huge challenge as far as like, gosh, I'm not only learning how to teach full-time, but then I had to learn how to teach online and <laughs> had to learn how to show clinical skills through the computer. And it, that, gosh, COVID testing and you name it. It's just been a whole different whirlwind of emotions, roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's been, it's like I said earlier, it's been a completely different, um, a different happiness for me, I guess I should say. Um, but it really, gosh, I really encourage anybody who's maybe feeling a little bit stuck to think about, think about things that they could do that are different, that still are in the same field. As far as like, this is still hygiene. I'm still, I'm still seeing patients every day, even though it's not me being the clinician, it's a challenge. And it's a wonderful challenge to be able to say, okay, you need to move your instrument a little bit this way in order to do that same thing. And I've loved getting to be able to show them just things that I've learned, um, as a clinician that didn't click until after I started working full time, because there's so many things that first year of hygiene that I was like, Oh yeah, that's why we have to do, that's why we have to do it this way. Or maybe that didn't work for me. And I could use maybe the wrong end of the instrument to say, for instance, clean the linguals of sextant five and just do it a little bit different. Like we all have, I mean, we all find our different little quirks, I think. So, well, and I was just thinking that, you know, I know you said that it, it felt, um, intimidating obviously to be a newer grad. That's now an instructor, but I think, and I don't know if you thought about it this way, like there's actually, I think a huge benefit to that because you remember what it was like to come right out of school and get started. Um, You know, those of us who've been doing this, you know, this is 26 years for me. And I honestly don't, you know, I remember school obviously, but there's, I don't remember all the, you know, the, the nitty gritty to all of it. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, we had a new hire hygienist come and do some shadowing with us and some training with us while she, during COVID, while she was waiting for her licensure to come through. And, um, I, you know, had forgotten that we really didn't learn about how to code out perio for quads. And, you know, like I was like, I was like, what do you mean you don't know that? What do you mean they didn't teach you that? Like, I just totally, you kind of forget. So you have this very unique vantage point for what their expectations are when they come out of school versus the reality of that. Yeah. Um, And again, I think life just set you up in this beautiful way of being at McCrate to experience all the really great next level things so that you could kind of encourage them like what to look to, you know, what, what it, what it's going to really be like. So I actually think that's a really cool thing. Well, and I completely agree with you with that. I, you know, I think that, I think that because of, because of where I am and what has happened in my life, gosh, it really set me up to be able to not only share my gift with these, with these students, but gosh, it's really expanded the program here because like I said, you know, we, we now, every one of our graduating students 
before this anyways, they basically did like kind of like a capstone project mm -hmm. where they present one periodontal patient from start to finish at the end of their graduating year. Um, and so now incorporating oral DNA into that periodontal into that period patient is been gosh, a game changer because they truly are understanding what is happening from the mouth to the rest of the body, why they're, what they're doing with their non-surgical periotherapy is working or not working, maybe different modalities that they need to use. I've been able to introduce, um, like I said, um, Paraprotect to all of the students, Closis, Oral, um, Oracare, just the laser is actually another great thing. All of our students are laser certified. Nice, nice. And so, gosh, it's just been such a wonderful, such a wonderful gift that I've been able to provide, I think, to this school and to the program. And like I said, full circle, I would have loved to learn all of that stuff prior right. to graduating. Right. That way it wouldn't have felt so like in my face. Right. I got to McCrite's. Right. That was, that was hard, but. So that being said, what advice do you have for new grads? You know, and, and this obviously wouldn't be your students because you know what they're, they're learning and you know what they're going to step out with the tools for, but for other listeners, other students that might be in the programs right now, what, what advice do you have for them? So I even have this advice for my students as well, but really finding a mentor and putting yourself out there is, is endless in, in an endless capacity, meaning don't be afraid of a no. I think when I first met you, like I'm not, I am an outgoing person and I am a very positive person and I, I love just networking, Yes, but it's still scary to walk up to somebody that you don't know and introduce yourself and say, hi, I'm so-and-so I would love to connect with you more. It's, that's a scary thing, but if I can encourage anyone who's graduating hygiene school, either now or in the near future, that is the best thing that you possibly could do for your career. Not only because it may advance you to different positions that you had no idea even existed, but it also just gets your, gets your passion going and gets your energy up because really when you're energetic, it transpires to the rest of everything that you do. Yeah. Um, I heard a really great saying from Ed Milet, actually, I don't know if you've ever listened to him or not, mm. But he's a wonderful podcaster. You should definitely listen to some okay. of his podcasts, but he likes to say how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I love that saying, because truly, if, if I go out there and I'm just blah at the CEs, or I'm just blah in my classes and I'm blah at life, then that's really how I'm going to transcribe to who I am for the rest of forever. Whether right. that be my clinical work, that be my teaching, that be, um, gosh, how I met you. But if you are passionate and you're positive and you're energetic, it's going to transcribe to that's how I practice clinically. That's how I talk to my patients. That's how I make connections with people. That's how I mentor these students and help them to be passionate about what we do as well. I, if I could do anything in my life, I just want to encourage and push people to be the best that they can be. Um, and not or discourage, I should say, mediocrity. I just, it's, it's almost a systemic issue in our profession to just be mundane. And just like you said, in the, I think in the, um, introduction to just not be complacent with what we do in life and not just hygiene, but life period, because it's so easy to just get through the day and just say, uh, oh, another day, 
I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I have to go to work. How about we get to go to work? How about we get to have patience? How about we get to make these connections and, and make a difference in people's lives. So being passionate, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Find a mentor and don't be afraid to reach out and meet new people, or don't be afraid of the no, because a no does not hurt us. Right. I tell my daughter that all the time too, you know, as a young person, she it's, it's really scary to just ask people for things. And, you know, she does 4-H and I know that's not what we're talking about, but she has to go out and she has to talk to buyers every year. And that's a really scary thing as an 11 year old. And so I have told her constantly, if you just go and ask and not be afraid of somebody telling, you no, you're going to get a lot more yeses than you are no's. And it's just, it becomes less, less and less scary the more that you do it. So yes. Yes. Well, I couldn't agree with you more on the mentor aspect. Obviously that's why we exist at Bulletproof Hygiene, but I think hygiene can be such a lonely, isolating place. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the burnout comes from is you kind of get in your own head. You said earlier, like starting teaching, it was all about kind of getting through that your own head game. And I think that's life. Like Mm -hmm. we play our own head games all the time. And so I think having someone else to bounce ideas off and, you know, just having a community of hygienists who understand what that feels like and Hey, yeah, I had that problem, but I did this and it worked out. I mean, I just think it's so, so important for us to have this community to where we can rely on each other and hold each other up and share ideas and encourage one another because hygiene is hard. I, I seriously think it is one of the hardest professions out there. There is so much that we're expected to do in such a short amount of time and to communicate effectively and to make all of these assessments. And these are life, these in some cases are life-threatening assessments. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is super serious stuff. So um, I think, yes, doing it together is, is where it's all at. I 100% agree. And, you know, I was thinking about like how I found my first mentors, obviously Dr. Jim and Wendy are great mentors to me and they kind of just landed in my lap. Um, and I was very blessed for that, but I'm thinking about like, even, even how I met you and I, I met Stephanie loading. I don't know if you know, her, but I met her the same way in the sense of like, she was doing a presentation at a CE I walked up to her at the end of the presentation, introduced myself to her and said, I would love to get to know you, know you more. Would you mind if I followed you on Facebook? And I think that social media has been such a great thing as far as meeting like-minded individuals. Of course, you have to be careful and you have to weed out the weeds and you have to not pay attention to the negative naysayers because right. they're out there. Yep. Um, but if you find like-minded individuals or you find people who you would like to be like, and I'm not saying exact copies, of course, but if you find people that you look up to, um, and surround yourself with people who are better than you, eventually you become in that same groove and you become the better, the person who is doing good things and growing and having that, that potential that you always wanted. And I know, again, that's really hard for some people and not everybody is an extrovert. I actually am more considered like an introvert and ambivert. So I would much rather be by myself and not be talking to people, but it's, it's amazing when you push yourself to be who you would like to be like, how you grow and how you, how you change. Um, I also was thinking about how, like even people that I haven't necessarily met in person on social media, that's a really great way to just, when you follow those people who are just 
doing big things with their lives or in the profession as of hygiene, it just is amazing what that can do for your mindset too. If you are in the right place, of course, of course, it's easy to look at them and say, gosh, they're doing so much. I'm doing nothing, but you have to really sit back and say, no, what can I do today? What is one small step that I can take today to move myself or move that needle? Just a eensy little tick towards what I want to be or towards what I want to be doing too. Yeah. So, um, one last question here is just as a leader and an instructor in our field, where do you see hygiene going in the future? And I just want to, before you answer that, I am so, so excited that salivary testing is becoming part of curriculum because I am hoping that that does become our new norm down the road across the board because uh, my mind has been blown. You know, we've used oral DNA in our practice for many years and we just made the shift this year to HR5, which was also created by Dr. Neighbors. Um, and it's the same concept as just looking for the five pathogens instead of the 11. Um, but I am blown away with you know, patient's mouths that I look at and I'm like, I mean, clinically that doesn't look too rough. Like I recently had a patient who came in for, um, to get clearance for knee surgery. And when I did my assessment, I'm like, yeah, I mean, there's like five fours and a spot of bleeding or two, but if you really, really want to get clearance, let's do salivary testing. And she came back with a ton of PG and I was like, what? Mm-hmm. So, and then I'm seeing on the flip side after therapy and doing treatment where there's still a whole lot happening in there. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So it's, to me, I feel like almost I'm stepping into a whole new profession, oh, which feels you. intimidating after doing this for so many years. I'm like, I'm starting over. <laughs> so, Well, and that's one, one of the things again, like we could have, we could talk, I think that you and I could talk about oral systemics for days because it is just such a it's such a passion of mine. Um, but it is one of the things that if I ever am not practicing, if I ever go back to full-time practice and I'm never, and I'm not practicing at McCrites for some reason, we move further away or whatever. I just don't know that I could practice without it. I, it is such a wonderful tool for me. Um, and like you said, it is amazing. The amount of patients that, that I have seen that have beautiful guns or they look beautiful. And I know that the audience can't see me right now, but air quote, beautiful gums. Um, and they have off the charts, red complex pathogens between PG, TF and TD. It's just incredible. And then not to mention, you know, you mentioned Baldonine before we got on here and started recording, not to mention the link between PD and FN and cardiovascular disease. And the fact that we are doing huge things as hygienists to change people's lives. And like you said, this is really serious stuff. And it's amazing when you see somebody who has, you know, the tight pink gum tissue and there's no bleeding or there's one or two spots of bleeding in like one, four and how in the past, I think that hygiene has just said, "Eh, we're fine. Just a little bit of bleeding, or it's just, you're fine. We have one, four, we have to focus on that area. So as a, as an instructor in our field, I, to answer your question, um, that where do I see hygiene going in the future? I hope, I don't know how long this is going to take, but I hope that we start moving towards being a a more well-rounded profession in the sense of finding or shrinking that link between the medical and the dental profession. I truly hope that the medical profession starts respecting us more, um, as more of these, studies start coming out and it really starts coming out into the fields of gosh, 
there is a link between the mouth and the rest of the body, as we all know, um, and that you have to take it seriously when we say this is a big deal that you don't move forward with the surgery, or this is a big deal that you need to go see your cardiovascular specialist, or you need to go, gosh, I, I think of this one patient that I saw a few years ago, we did a CBCT on him. Um, and this is not a happy story, but we did a CBCT on him, found carotid plaque in his artery and sent him to his cardiologist. Cardiologist sent him home and said, it's not a big deal. And he died the next day. And, right. you know, in that sense, it's not a, it's not a good thing, but gosh, at some point, the medical profession has to start, start taking us more seriously. Um, because we are just, we are specialists of the head and neck. And I don't understand why the world doesn't understand that other than we insurance has started to drive us that way. Or we, as a profession kind of drive ourselves that way. And maybe, and I'm, this is kind of negative, but I say that because we all are guilty of saying a little bit of bleeding when really bleeding is a big deal, no matter how little or how much, um, I also, you know, I hope that we go more towards the fact, more towards the um, progressive side in the sense of, I hope that we all start moving towards GBT, guided biofilm therapy. Um, I hope that we start moving towards looking at the patient as a whole, rather than just looking at the mouth. I hope that we all start making it more standard of care, which I know that you and I do this, but I hope that we start making it more standard of care that everybody takes blood pressure on their patients. Everybody does a periodontal probe. Every appointment records it when they do, when they do it at least once a year, I can't tell you how many offices I've tempted in that I have seen a patient that has been there for 10 years that has never had a recorded FMP, which is insane to me. It drives me crazy. I can't. whole different topic, but it's, you know, I hope that we start having, holding ourselves to a higher standard. Yes. Yes. So awesome. Well, I think you and I are probably going to have to do another podcast in the near future talking about oral systemic, because we are both so passionate about that. And I think that would be a really good conversation, but for today, are there any final thoughts you want to leave us with? First, I want to say thank you so much for having me. It's a huge honor. I have loved watching you as a clinician. Obviously, first I watched you as a speaker, but as a clinician, move from being in the clinical field to, gosh, building your brand and building this company that you're building in Bulletproof Hygiene. And I can't wait to make it to one of your summits someday. I just think that it's so amazing. But my final thoughts that I want to leave everybody with is just when things get hard, don't give up. Keep pushing forward and know who you are and remember why you started and why you loved it when you were in school, because all of us had hard times in school. It's not easy. It's probably the hardest thing that I've ever done. But at some point you were so, so excited to see your first patient. And we have to remember that passion and that drive that got us there and keep moving forward and keep finding the next step. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And like Jamie said, if you are looking for a mentor, if you were looking for a place to connect and a community to join up with, 
come check us out on our Mighty Network. It is a free app that you download. Um, and then just look up Bulletproof Hygiene and come join us and connect with us and ask questions and lean in and become part of the group because it, this is too much to do alone. We are so much stronger together. Thanks everybody for joining us this week and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.